Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. What's the goal of religion anyway? Isn't the goal of any and all religions that you might feel to be the overcomer, (laughs) either by way of imagination or reality? You know, isn't this not what we really want out of a kind of a so-called religion, a a, uh, victory, an overcoming? Since we all live on the same planet, we're all aware of the fact that we struggle And is it not at the heart of every religion that we want to feel we're above the struggle? I was watching uh, the news last evening and there was a man on the news. And you can clearly tell he's from a Buddhist tradition. He believes meditation is the way to overcome everything. That is, spend 20, 30 minutes a day just kind of emptying yourself and just having positive thoughts and create sort of a scenario in your mind that's different than the actual scenario so that when you face that scenario, you live according to the mental image and not according to the actual reality. From a totally Buddhist perspective, I'm like, dude, this sounds awesome. This is what religion's all about. It's how do I overcome? You and I can all day long try to build a mental picture of the happy life and the overcoming life, but I want to let you know the overcoming life is a person not a state of mind, so to speak. Uh, There are a lot of people that face very difficult situations in life that their mind is actually above the situation, either through meditation or they just, they have awesome dispositions. You know, they're just born with an even keel uh, mind and personality. So they seemingly live an overcoming life. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about just living above the circumstance intellectually and creating a kind of a, a, a utopic view up here and then trying to bring that utopic view into my world here, which is reality. What I'm trying to hint at is that the victorious life is when Christ, the victor, actually the lion that he really is, gets to roar through my being day in and day out. So let's look at that, a victorious life in Christ. In fact, maybe that title is completely wrong. We may have to retitle it, Christ Himself is the Victorious Life. Christ Himself is the Victorious Life. My experience is victory in Christ. The heading there, Old Creation Living in Adam versus New Creation Living in Christ. This really is at the heart of victory. Do I still live within the mindset and the experience and the theology of the old Adam? Do I live in the mindset and the experience and the reality and the theology and everything that is good of the last Adam, which is Jesus? So let's look at that. Number one, in Adam... Man has been constituted as sinners. 
with the experience of estrangement from God. While man has the outward appearance and the reality of the human life, he nevertheless is living from an inward constitution that he inherited from Adam. A couple of verses out of Romans 5. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and through sin, death, and thus death passed on to all men because all have sinned. That verse really describes a reality in the old Adam. Here's another one. For just as through the disobedience of one man, that's Adam, the many were constituted sinners. There again, it's a description of my inner man. My inner being is constituted with sin because of Adam. Here's yet another verse in Romans seven seventeen. Now then, it's no longer I that work it out, but sin that dwells in me. It's no longer I, but sin. This is a description of my life and my reality in the previous Adam. Is everybody with me? Look on the right hand. I gave you a few more. Romans 7 verse 8. But sin worked in me. And now I need you to notice I colored the word me for you. See how sin is related to me. Look at the next one, Romans 7, verse 13. But sin did, that it might be shown to be sin by working out death in me. My constitution is sin and death, and it's linked to the me. Romans 7, verse 18. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwells nothing good. This is my reality. Failure, death, sin, nothing good. I'm constantly conscious of sin. I'm constantly conscious of death. I'm constantly conscious of nothing good. That's my life in the old Adam. This ain't victory. This is defeat. He says in Romans 7, verse 21, evil is present with me. This is my experience. And then he says again here in verse 23, making me a captive to the law of sin, which is in my members. My entire reality is sin and death and nothing good and evil. My mind is perverted. My emotion is under the domination of evil. My will is under e- Everything about my being is in defeat. Such were you and I's plight. The sub-bullet there on your notes. Whether man feels like it or not, he is a sinner. Whether man does good or bad, he is a sinner. Sin does not define the actions or the lack thereof of man. Sin defines the constitution of man. Sin is what man intrinsically is. Sin was imputed to man by virtue of his natural birth. 
Sin is therefore the primary element, the ingredient, the energy, the entity from which man lives in the old creation, whether he is conscious of it or not. Sin defeats me all day long. Sin lords over me. Sin takes advantage of me. Sin confines me. It restricts me. Sin causes me to sin. (laughs) Is this really the way we want to live? I think we can all say this has been our experience. Victory necessitates this no longer being your primary experience. But something has to happen to us. Number two, in Christ, hallelujah. (laughs) In Christ, believers are constituted as righteous with the experience of sonship. I think we should all just read that together. In Christ, believers are constituted as righteous with the experience of sonship. While Christians have the outward appearance and the reality of the human life, they nevertheless are living from a constitution they inherited from the last Adam, which is Jesus Christ. Paul says in Galatians 2 verse 20, It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives where? In me. Look at the previous point just a little bit above there. Under point number one, there's three scriptures that I gave you. Notice the last one. It is no longer I that work it out, but sin that dwells in me. Do you see there? No longer I, but sin. Look at the Galatians 2 verse 20. No longer I, but Christ. So when we preach about you, we're preaching about the wrong thing. It's almost as though we should preach about two things, sin or Christ. It's no longer I who live, but sin. It's no longer I who live, but Christ. Nevertheless, it's no longer you. It's never been about you. It's been about sin or Christ. So maybe we should conclude these are two great things to preach about, sin and Christ. No, not you. So can you see that when you live under sin, it's no longer you anyway. Sin lords over you. When you live under Christ, it's not you either. But it's Jesus who lords over you, who is the Lord of all lordships. Either way, it's no longer you. Here's the sub-bullet. Oh, I like this. Oh, man. Whether believers feel like it or not, they are righteous. (laughs) Hallelujah. Whether Christians do good or bad, they are sons. Hallelujah. Righteousness does not define the actions or the lack thereof of Christians. Righteousness defines the constitution of a Christian. Righteous is what Christians intrinsically are. Under the first Adam, sin is not something you do, it's just who you are. Under the last Adam, that is Jesus, righteousness is something that it's not something you do, it's just who you are. Defeat 
by its very nature means you're born of Adam. Victory by its very basic implication means you're born of Christ. Defeat is an old constitution. Victory is a new constitution. Nothing may have changed circumstantially. (laughs) Yet you're victorious by virtue that you're righteous with God. Now, you want to have an influence on this planet? Live by that righteousness. Whoa. You'll have an enormous influence. The reason is, sin is against us. Sin has marred your identity. Sin has belittled you, made you less than you ought to be. Sin has changed you, scarred you. Sin has abused you. Sin has taken advantage of you. Victory, by its very basic implication, means that stuff should not be your consideration or experience or Lord over you no more. This is what Jesus did for you, saint. Then sub-bullet there, righteousness was imputed to believers by virtue of their spiritual birth. Righteousness, Christ, and life is therefore the primary elements, the ingredients, the energy, the entity from which Christians live in the new creation, whether they are conscious of it or not. If you'll notice, point one with all the sub-sentences is in direct contradiction to point number two. Do you see how I wrote those sentences exactly the same? Because it's really two constitutions that have two energies within them, two life flowings within them. The one is sin and death. The other one is the spirit of life. Notice here on the right hand, I take my cue there from Galatians 2 verse 20, no longer I, but Christ lives in me. What else lives in me? Notice on the right. The truthfulness of Christ is in me, says Paul in 2 Corinthians. Do you see that? Christ is in me. Truthfulness, that is, the reality is in me. He says in 2 Corinthians 13, Since you seek a proof of the Christ who is speaking in me, who is not weak unto you, but is powerful in you, Notice, Christ is in me. Truth is in me. The speaking of God is in me. Notice also in Timothy, he says that in me, Jesus Christ might display His virtue. And then he lists the virtue here of long-suffering. But notice the verses above there. Sin is in me. Nothing good is in me. Death is in me. I'm lorded over. And then notice the contrast. No longer I, but Christ. And all the good things that come with Christ. If you flip the page, notice, for in Him we live and move and we have our being. Notice the verse under there. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 5. That in everything you are enriched in Him. And be found... In Him. And you've been made full. In Him. In Him also you were circumcised. That is your inner man were dealt with. 
so that the name of our Lord Jesus might be glorified in you and you in Him. Notice how contrasting this is because you're in Christ. Everything that is good is within you. This is victory. That everything that is good is just the person of God Himself.